So you wake up one morning and your throat is sore and you feel a little stuffy. Breathing is a little harder and you cough a lot taking a shower. Ordinarily, you wouldn't call out sick from work for this, but what if you've got COVID? You have that presentation you have to give today, and that's pretty important, but one of your colleagues is in cancer treatment, and the office receptionist is pregnant. What should you do? I think we've all found ourselves in this scenario in the past few years, so Tyler and I recorded this episode to help answer some questions we commonly receive about COVID exposure and testing. We'll talk about what you should do if you have COVID symptoms and what you should do if you test positive. Hi, and welcome to Sick Enough, the podcast about patients who are sick enough to be in the hospital and the doctors who are sick enough to work there. I'm Dave. And I'm Tyler. And we're hospitalists. We're internal medicine doctors who specialize in treating patients who need to be hospitalized. A quick disclaimer, we created this podcast to educate and entertain our listeners. The information we share is not medical advice, and you should always consult your own doctor. Also, please note that we are doctors for adults and are not trained or qualified to comment on pediatric care. In our last COVID episode, we went in-depth on the COVID clinical syndrome. We talked about the time course from time of exposure until the time you got sick. We also talked about why people were getting hospitalized and what sort of treatments were available. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should probably go back and check it out. It's kind of This is kind of a two-part series. It might be better to start with that one if you're going to listen to this one. But anyway, so on to today's topic. Let's say I wake up with some of these symptoms you just mentioned, these COVID symptoms. What should I do? So number one, if you have symptoms of COVID or suspect that you might have COVID, just assume that you have it until you know otherwise. That means not going places where you will expose others unless you're going to get tested. Call your employer and tell them that you're having symptoms. Don't hop on a plane. Don't meet your friends out at a bar and don't attend that wedding you'd plan to go to. Number two, if you're having severe respiratory symptoms, meaning that you're short of breath at rest or you have to stop to catch your breath walking very short distances like to the bathroom, then you need to be evaluated urgently. Call your primary care doctor's office, go to urgent care, or as a last resort, consider going to the ER. Number three, try and get tested. If you have an at-home test, you can get results pretty quickly, but you should know they're not as accurate as PCR tests. If you don't have any home tests, then call your primary care provider's office to see if they can help arrange testing. You can also call your local pharmacy to see if they offer testing. I had a PCR test done last spring at CVS, and it was very convenient. If you're really at a loss as to where to get testing or if you're worried about the cost, go online to hhs.gov, and I'll post the link in our show notes. You can give your location, and hhs.gov will show you places in your community where you can get free or low-cost testing. We'll be doing a bonus episode on things you can keep at home for COVID as well. I know Dave a second ago said, as a last resort, you can consider going to the ER. A couple of those things can help you determine whether or not you need to go to the ER. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that later. So let's say I got tested, and lo and behold, it's positive. What do I do now? Call your primary care provider. Even if they can't see you in person, they might be able to do a virtual visit. They can also help you determine whether or not you need or qualify for early treatment. And this is an important question to ask your provider, should I get a monoclonal antibody or antiviral or other treatment? Keep in mind that our approach to COVID treatments are rapidly changing as we learn more and more about this virus and as different variants emerge. A month from now, our podcast could be out of date and your doctor will be your best source of up-to-date treatment information. I would also consider going online to check your COVID risk. 
In our last episode, I mentioned a calculator that John Hopkins has where you plug in your health information and zip code, and they give you an idea of how much you're at risk. If you have a truly high risk of worsening and needing hospitalization, then you should look into getting antiviral treatment or a monoclonal antibody, ideally with your primary care doctor's blessing or suggestion. If you have an O2 saturation monitor, start checking your O2 sat three to four times a day. Make sure you're using a warm finger with good circulation to check. Make sure it's not a finger that has fingernail polish on it. If your saturation repeatedly comes back at less than 94%, call your doctor or go to urgent care of the ER. If you're short of breath at rest or are too winded to speak in full sentences at rest, then you should notify your primary care doctor or also go to the ER. What can I do to prevent catching COVID? This has been the billion dollar question over the past two years. If you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you're due for a booster, get boosted. Previous infection with COVID does give you some immunity, but you can still catch it again. You can still have a severe case the second go round. Even among people who have already had COVID, we still advise that they get vaccinated. And I know we've delved into vaccination some in the last episode. And as we talked about then, vaccination has really become a political issue, particularly with some employers making vaccines mandatory. I still say, regardless of your views on the politics, still protect yourself. Go get vaccinated. Getting vaccinated is safer than catching COVID. It may not prevent COVID infection, but it can prevent a severe case of COVID. And there are legitimate reasons why people can't or shouldn't get vaccinated, but they're pretty few and far between. Yeah, a lot of people come up with those reasons that don't Mm -hmm. really apply to them. And the ones that I keep hearing are are ones that have kind of been disputed or have been kind of changed. Early on, they're saying pregnant women shouldn't get vaccinated because we didn't have data on how pregnant women did with it. Now that recommendation has been changed, but I still hear people saying, you know, still hear pregnant women saying that they don't want to get vaccinated. Other things that you can do, though, include washing your hands regularly, especially before eating or putting your hands in your mouth or eyes. If you can't wash your hands, then use hand sanitizer. Also, avoid being around infected or high-risk individuals. If your best friend is going out and partying every weekend without a mask amongst a bunch of unvaccinated people, there's a high risk he's going to pass it along to some people he knows. I personally still advocate wearing a mask in enclosed public spaces just as a matter of courtesy. Surgical masks primarily block your germs from spreading. So when you wear a surgical mask, you're really doing that more to protect others than to protect yourself. So when I see somebody wearing a mask, I think to myself, that's somebody who cares about their fellow man. I was recently on vacation in Florida and I went into a restaurant and people laughed at me for wearing a mask. And I remember thinking, (laughs) yeah, I know. I, I thought to myself, I see COVID patients on a daily basis. This mask is for your protection, not mine. So what should you do if you are exposed? Like, let's say we're hanging out together all weekend and then you call me on Wednesday to say, oh, I went to the urgent care and I tested positive and I'm sitting here with a sore throat. So what should I do? Uh, I think that is a very difficult question, but it's probably the one that I've gotten most commonly throughout the entire pandemic. And I think you have to be smart. And I think that means that if you know you've been exposed, that means curtailing activities where you could spread things to others. I think it means waiting five days or so, maybe even as little as three days, but maybe getting tested after three to five days, certainly getting tested if you have symptoms or if you develop any kind of any symptoms after that. What do you think? What what have you been telling friends and family who ask you that question? Kind of the same thing what you just said there. I mean, it's like it first you got to consider how high risk am I? And by that, I mean high risk to myself and high risk to others. 
as to myself, I'm not high risk. I have no problem just staying home and watching TV for a couple of days and that's yeah. good enough. But, you know, if I know I'm supposed to go to work in two days, you know, that does raise some questions. Mm-hmm. My over under has kind of been a fever. If I was spiking a fever, I'd worry. If I didn't spike a fever, I wouldn't worry. This, I mean, I, this kind of came up over the past mm-hmm. two years. There was an episode where like on the Tuesday, the last day of our work week, I started, or sorry, the Monday, the last day of our work week, I kind of came down with some symptoms. I just went mm-hmm. home. And there was a two or three day window where I felt kind of sick. And it's a good thing this happened on the first day of an off week or I would have I would have probably had to call in. Yeah. It was just a two day nothing. I never really had a fever and, and, and no one I knew that I know of tested positive. Mm-hmm. But it did put me in a tough predicament. Luckily, it only lasted two days and it went away. I didn't say anything. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, if that happened to me on a Thursday, I was working. I would have had to make some tough decisions. I probably would have called in. This probably would yeah. happen. I think if I had had an exposure and known that known that that there was a good chance I had caught it, I would probably still come into work as long as I was feeling okay. I would make sure though that I was wearing a mask all the time, and, and I would cert- all the time. Yeah, and I would stay out of our office since we have kind of this big open office that we are all kind of sitting in together. Yeah. I would probably just avoid sitting in the office and go make sure I was sitting in someplace a little more secluded. I might even see if I could go home after seeing patients to get, you know, to do notes from home. Yeah. And just for our listeners, when we're at work, we're wearing N95 masks and surgical masks. So we're we're sort of double covered in in terms of not spreading germs to to kind of other people when we're out rounding and seeing patients. You know, otherwise I think, you know, if we for some reason weren't wearing masks, I, I think we'd have to really even rethink that that idea. But, yeah. And I think that's kind of been the, the approach that's been supported by our infectious disease teammates. So I guess long story short, if you are exposed, just try and minimize your contact with especially vulnerable people, but with other people who could be at risk of catching it and get tested if you're really anxious uh, and certainly get tested if you start having symptoms. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Sick Enough. If you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoy hearing doctors tell stories or learning about different medical conditions, then I urge you to hit the like or subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. If you have questions or thoughts about today's episode, please email us at sickenoughpodcast at gmail.com. If there's a topic you'd like for us to talk about, or if you have unrelated questions, email us with those too. As we accumulate questions, we'll start doing a few Q&A sessions. I'd like to thank Michael Coburn at pixabay.com for our intro music, and I'd also like to thank our sound engineer, Alex. I'd like to thank Swede Custom Studios as well as Two Birds Artwork for helping us with our thumbnail on the website. And of course, I'd like to thank all our listeners for tuning